Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and we put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. Hello, everyone. I'm Annette Klazowski, your host. I'm an executive coach, a speaker, a peer advisory board leader, and also, as if you've been listening for any length of time, I'm an animal lover. So, you know, I feed deer every day at my home. Yes. And we have, uh, uh, you can bring your dog to our office. And so I'm like the um, ant to yeah, a lot of people. The animal dog. whisperer. The animal whisperer. Yes. <laughs> and I'm here today with my co-host, Addison Price. Hello, hello, hello. Always something fun going on over here. So Addison is a demand generation and marketing brand coordinator. Brand yes. yes. You do branding, um, all things um uh, all lead generation marketing, marketing. Yes. yeah that's mm-hmm. kind of an old term i know that's why we say that my official title is brand oh wait wow you messed me up yeah demand generation and brand coordinator yeah. so top of the funnel anything yep. that goes out and is available for the public to see i get to kind of have my hands in and work on and it's but super you do fun client happiness Absolutely. you do employee happiness mm-hmm. you do events yes yeah. yeah i get to do a lot of fun stuff I it know. keeps me busy which is good so that's always the goal and now i'm kind of jealous that you have that job and it sounds have, cool, huh? Yeah, it does. And but... you have animal lover. No, I'm I just kidding. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I give treats and I'm teach tricks to animals. <laughs> but we are um, glad you are joining us today. Um, today is a little bit different. We mm-hmm. have had some requests. Um, as you know, we ask for ideas and topics, and we've had a request just to really talk about how do you realign and kind of reignite passion and purpose in your life. So what we're going to debate is, you know, we're not really in a great resignation phase. I know that's what they're calling it, but really people are just aligning to a higher purpose and kind of turning to what's passionate for them. And, you know, I think we got a real lesson over the last few years of um, what our real priorities are. You right. know, I, what I say is I got off the hamster wheel and it gives you a lot of perspective. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going to really tackle that. Um, and what's interesting is, um, you're going to hear from two different generations, you know, so I am, um, I'm, I'm 54 and a half, I guess is what I should say. So yes, I'm almost 50, 55. And then, you know, Addison is out of college and in mm-hmm. her first career. And so you're going to get two different perspectives and we're kind of talk to, um, kind of that issue in, in two different ways. Yeah. So I think that'll be helpful. Yeah. It'll be fun to kind of debate the topic a little bit and just get different perspectives yeah. on it. Yeah. But you can't call me old. Never would I oh, ever. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Never. Couldn't. I know. Never. She, she's in branding. She'll come up with clever ways. Exactly. That, so. Exactly. <laughs> Just stay tuned. It's at the end. That's right. <laughs> so first, let's start with, you know, when you really are trying to redefine yourself and, and we're talking really career, you know, like a career path, you're trying to move, you just feel stuck. You're not, you know, aligned with your, your purpose, you know, where, where do you begin? And there's a whole process in coaching that um, I will lead people through. And it's really about um, think of the things that you have seen in people that have mentored you that you really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what would you do for free? Right. You know, what, what are things that you find yourself naturally drawn to? You know, um, the company we work for, we do a lot of cyber uh, cyber security work. I don't find myself drawn to cybersecurity. Right. You know, so it's like, where do you naturally go? What are you reading? Uh, what do you find yourself doing? And and start, you know, kind of making a list of that. Make make a list of words that really connect with you. So, you know, if alignment, if um, 
peace, if balance, Mm -hmm. like what are those words that really mean something to you? And then just really kind of work with this phrase, you know, a life on purpose is a life of blank. So a life on purpose, it could be, you know, a life on purpose is a balanced, engaging and Mm -hmm. adventurous life. So here's an analogy. And if you think of a vessel, so like whatever you're drinking out of a coffee mug, maybe you're drinking out of a wine glass um, because it's five o'clock. Right. Um, Maybe you're drinking out of um, a can or or a styrofoam cup, whatever, Yeti, whatever it is. Think whatever you pour into that vessel, it takes the shape of that vessel. It could be the same thing, but it would look different, right? So your purpose is that vessel. That's good. No matter what you do and what Mm -hmm. you pour into it, it's going to look like that. So your purpose could be, um, um, you know, it's a being statement is is the other key thing is is what your purpose is. So no matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you are on the rise of your career, if you are working in retail, if you're a high-level executive, if you're a doctor, nurse, it doesn't matter what you are doing as much as long as you're showing up as that purpose. Yeah. So because what happens to um, people are, you know, and I'll use an example from my life. Um, You know, when I was raising kids and working, if I'm at work, I don't feel like I'm a very good mom. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a mom, I don't feel like I'm really doing what I'm supposed to at work. Well, that's defining myself as a do, a do person, right? Yeah. So if I want to be uh, focused and I want to be pr- present and that's my purpose, when I'm with my family, I would be present to my family, mm-hmm. which means I'm not on my phone, right? right? Not on my phone. I'm not taking phone calls. I'm not doing email. I'm very focused on that. When I'm at work, I'm very focused. Yeah. Because then I'm living what that purpose is. It's kind of the boundaries of having the life in between the two, but not giving yourself a limit or setting an expectation on yourself of you can only have one or the other. Yep. You can be a mom and you can have a job, but you have to be able to define the boundaries of what does it look like to be a working mom or what does right. it look like to be a stay-at-home mom and how is that how's your time spent there what is this going to look like for you and what other passions do you want to pursue you just have to give yourself the the boundaries and the limits yes. to say i can do both and you go through seasons mm-hmm. you know you go through seasons i am an empty nester completely yeah. different season i don't have to cook for people i don't have to be anywhere i don't have to go to games i mean there's a lot it's a whole different world for me and so, you know, my life looks a lot different than it did, you know, when I had kids at home. So you, you go through seasons. So your purpose, if you kind of think of your true north, your purpose is what defines who you are and how you show up. Mm-hmm. So I remember having mentors that, you know, I know are really busy and have a lot going on. But when I was sitting in front of them, I felt their full attention. Like they yeah. were present. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggle with that because I've got a lot going on and trying to juggle. And, and then of course we can multitask. Um, and so trying to be really present. Uh, okay. So that's purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Purpose is that, you know, anchor, you know, how we show up. Passion is what, what keeps you up at night? What gets you excited? Yeah. Um, and that can change through seasons too. Um, and I love how you put it, Eddie, because you, you know, you work in a marketing role for a company that does technology strategy and mm-hmm. you do things like that, but you have these side hustles yeah. <laughs> and the side hustles are more of a reflection of passion, like right. things you get passionate about. And you might be passionate about it for a month and you mm-hmm. go, yeah, not done. Exactly. But you'll go on to something else. Right. You know, we, we, um, you know, have, uh, somebody that has been in our office this week and, 
I love it because, you know, he's a colonel, Mm -hmm. has a whole career, but he's got some heights and some side hustles, which just shows you, you know, he loves uh, redoing homes. And so he flips houses and stuff. And, you know, those are the passion things. Sometimes you can make a career out of what you're passionate about. Sometimes your career fuels those side hustles and things that you can be passionate Mm -hmm. about. And, and it's, there's not a right or wrong way. Right. And I think what we're seeing in the great resignation is people are giving themselves permission to leave whatever is confining to them. Mm -hmm. And and that shows up in a lot of different ways. You know, I have to go in every day. I don't have any flexibility. I have to draw commute an hour to work and an hour home. And and I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and it can also be, I'm just not, I want to own a flower shop. Uh, you know, it could be, I want to work at a nonprofit, you know, somebody can be completely realigning their career or they just want to go out on their own and do their own thing. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but I don't think people are just resigning. I think people are realigning 100%. Yeah. I think too, for my generation, it's so interesting because having this different perspective and being young and entering into the workforce and seeing what it looks like to actually build and have a career it's interesting because I feel like my generation is a lot more inclined to try and explore other options while they're getting their toes wet. But I also find a lot of times that people my age will be completely scared even just to step off the platform and start something. And it can be almost de- like debilitating where they don't want to start finding that passion yeah. because it's almost like, what if this isn't good enough? But I feel like the biggest way and the biggest encouragement that I could give to that is take the first step but also have that job, have the stability, give yourself a little bit of something. Because if you've been in a corporate career for years and years, and you know truly that you've been passionate about something else, then it might be time to take a bolder dive in the deep end and actually, you know, switch up what your life looks like every day. But if you're young and starting out, then you really have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And so you might as well find that little piece of stability, have a job that you really enjoy, and then dabble with those side hustles and see, is this something that is fruitful and will help me and will blossom into a full-time career? Or is this something that is just for now and it's just good right now and where I am and it's something I'm passionate for now. And maybe it's that month project that you just are really interested in, but at some point, you know, you can move on and find something else. So allow yourself the space to find it. I, I love the analogy of like a real large body of water and if you think about the target is in the very middle of that large body mm-hmm. of water where you can't really see land. And I think what young people do, because when I'm asked if I will meet with young people because they just don't know what they want to do, they're trying to find, how do I get to the middle of that yeah. target? How do I get to the middle? And what they don't understand is, look, I may be in the middle, but I took, I swam, I took a boat, mm-hmm. you know, I rode a jet ski. I, you know, did, you know, some um, water skiing. I, you know, I did all right. of this stuff to get to the middle and I might've circled it. I might've gone past it. I came back. You, you know, it's just that you be in motion, just mm-hmm. be in motion. But I think it's overwhelming because, and, and this will be a good analogy um, comparison between our two generations. So when I went to college, you could not define a major. When you started school, really? you were in university college, which just means you're getting your basics. Mm-hmm. And it was really two years, your sophomore years, when you define what it was you were going to do. And um, then you were in the last two years, you were in your major classes. So, you know, and, and it was pretty straight cut. I mean, we didn't have all these options and, um, and your goal, which had been modeled is you want to, you want to be wearing the blue suit 
to interview for the, you know, the tried and true companies. Like right. that was just kind of what everybody the did. It career. The it career. You mm-hmm. know, I was in public relations. Um, and, and I'm going to talk about general degrees, you know, general degrees. So I'm not talking about if you're going to be a nurse or a doctor or an engineer. Um, those do set you up for a specific career path. And there there is a line of income you can make from that. A lot of those are passion driven, maybe. Mm-hmm. But general degrees, marketing, public relations, right. business, um, you know, psychology, a lot. Some of those, if you're not going to be a licensed counselor, those are general degrees. You can do a lot of things mm-hmm. with those. And so you know, back then you didn't really have to know. There was not any pressure mm-hmm. to know what you're going to do. Um, now you fast forward. Um, and when my kids were, you know, juniors in high school, they were being recruited 100%. for the business college. Yep. You know, um, my daughter was in nursing. So she was being recruited for um, uh, nurse practitioner schools. And mm-hmm. it was crazy. And you really have to define what you're going to do before you get there. Well, how do you know? Yeah. And it's scary to have yeah. to know. And I think that that's a lot of times what it is. It's just, you are almost putting this handicap on yourself before you can even start because it's just, I have to know. And what if I change my mind? And then there's the fear of failure and looking like a failure yeah. of yeah. if I go in with a major, that's this. And I want, I go in wanting to be a doctor and then I switch and I'm actually doing marketing or I'm a school teacher or whatever. Yeah. Well, how is that perceived? And yeah. then there's this social expectation of, knowing and then the social perception starts to feel like everything and that I think just puts a hindrance on doing anything for yourself and it's it's scary well and I I believe in higher education so I'm going to make a Mm -hmm. comment so we don't you know don't don't email me and and get on me but (laughs) but I think if you're in business or have owned a business you, you know when you get a college graduate you, it's not like they come out and you're like, oh, they are plug in and they know everything they do. Some of them haven't even experienced business. Right. So you have to teach them and train them. They don't know the systems, the applications you use. They don't know what your services are. So you may have some good foundational skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, it's like you may be on a jet ski and you can get off that jet ski and you can get on a boat. You can even change body of water. Yeah. You know, you can go back to the land and change body of water. In the eclectiveness of your uh, journey, Mm -hmm. all the things you experienced, when you are set at 54, 55, you look back and go, wow, that's really made me who I am in my career is all the things that I did leading up to that. And and sometimes people will be like, wow, that's all, you know, ADD because you were all over the board. It's like, no, I was in a place, a door opened, I took it. Yeah. I walked through, I took that opportunity, mm-hmm. stayed there, another door opened, Yeah, you know, another door opened. And so you kind of walk through those doors, but you're learning along the way what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think people my age, which falls into this great resignation, I think they're giving themselves permission mm-hmm. that you can redefine yourself. You can go back and do things. You could say, I, you know, there's a lot, there's a, it's hard. There's a lot going on in organizations. And they don't have the fight anymore. Yeah. And it, I think too, there's so much of it that at any age you can say, okay, well, will I actually choose to walk through the door? And I think a lot of times it's so easy to have a door that opens in front of you and either you're so distracted by everything else going on, or you're so caught just in a rut of life yeah. that it's really hard to say, I'm actually going to take the time to think about this door, notice that this is an opportunity and see where that leads me. Um, I think, you know, there's a difference between thinking about an opportunity and saying, no, it's not the best for me 
and just completely missing the opportunity. Yeah. And I think so often it's completely 100% easy to say, okay, well, I'm moving about my everyday life and I have no idea what my options are, where, where I want to go, what I want to do when maybe there was five opportunities just within the last week that presented themselves to you and you never once stopped to even look at it. Yeah. And that's yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember um, a young girl that worked for my husband years ago and she came to us and um, I did a lot of coaching and working with small business at that time. And she uh, was kind of in technology and uh, very bright. And she had been making gelato and mm -hmm. going to um, art uh, festivals and different kinds of events with a little um, gelato cart selling gelato. And she loved it. I mean, she was like on fire. Yeah. She's like, this is my passion. I want to open up a gelato store, which she did in Norman, Oklahoma on the campus. But what, what happens when you take a passion that you're enjoying, what happens is now she's a business owner. So, you know, she's managing a storefront. She's hiring people. She's dealing with accounting. She's dealing with inventory, um, staffing, add, you know, she's having to be your own marketing person. Mm -hmm. And then if people don't show up. And so the first thing that's easier for her to teach somebody to do is make the gelato, which is what she's passionate about. So fast forward, you know, she found herself like not having fun anymore because now yeah. she's a business owner that happens to make gelato. That's not even made gelato mm -hmm. in months. Right. So, you know, sometimes I think we confuse um, those passions, um, it's different if you're like, I want to own a business, I want to run a business. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what you do at that point because you're you are bought into the business. Um, if you like to arrange flowers or garden, you know, it does not mean you need to open up a home and garden store, right? You know? And you, yeah. know, you know, it's like it, that's totally different because you will get away from the thing that is lighting you up. And mm -hmm. so you have to think about what that looks like. Um, and again, remember, it's not what everything you're doing, it's the being part. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times people like to be creative um, or they, you know, like to have adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, they like to learn new things. They like to provide value. They want to support nonprofits. So you can, you know, you can do those things and still be aligned with a balance or a focus that you want to have and not like go all out and you know, do that. Like I love, um, whole health, functional medicine. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go be a doctor. Right. Yeah. I don't have to, but like my inclination is I should go be a doctor and then go do all that. Right. No. Well, and I love too. We, you and I were talking and you had told me about how you're the type of person. And I'm very much this way as well, that when you're passionate about something, you're not just going to be passionate about it and then move forward and just forget about it. You're going to be passionate about it. And if it's a charity that you're really, really just have your heart invested in, you're going to sit on the board. You're going to be a part of it. You're going to be at the different events. You're going to help fundraise and host the events. And you're going to do all these things when it's like, well, all of that really wasn't why you loved it. It wasn't because you wanted to have another check on your resume and say, oh, actually I do this too. But it was the actual heart of what the charity yeah. or the organization yeah. is about. And so often I think it's easy to say, well, this is the best way for me to really feel like I'm invested in something. And it's not because at that point you lose your passion and probably the impact that you could yeah. have had because you're too busy trying to just cram things on your plate. Yeah, one of the tools that I have found, um, I'm not really well versed, but the Enneagram, the thing that I like about that, and there's free tests online. You can search Enneagram assessment. 
And it's really about what drives you. And you usually have kind of a, a single a number and then you have a wing, which is like a second number that shows up too. And when I did that, it really explained a lot to me. And I'm not going to go into the Enneagram, but it really, that would be great to have somebody on that could talk about it. But um, what, what, I, what I really realized was like, I love animals. And so I've always thought, you know, I want to get involved in a shelter. Mm-hmm. Well, it's exactly what you just said. I'm going to then end up on the board yep. and then I'm going to do the fundraiser and then I'm going to be out at the event and I can't even take my animal because I'm running the event right. or I'm doing something at the event. And then I'm the gelato person, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm helping the animal shelter, but I like the animals, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, it's really making sure you confuse what it is you're passionate about and that purpose. You know, th- those are really different pieces of it the purpose is how you show up in the being the passions are I like art and you know or I want to try pickleball you know yep. I like pickleball or then you know I want to do something adventurous so I'm going to go do some canyoneering I have a friend that loves to canyoneer cool. and so it's like those are things you get passionate about mm-hmm. um it could be you know well-being it could be um cooking um but just it doesn't mean you have to open right. a restaurant you don't yeah. have to. And I know that we think that sounds silly, but that's what happens to people. Um, and you can still do something that, you know, you, you know, are aligned with and you enjoy to some degree as work and it doesn't have to define you. Right. Just for the fun of it. Yep. What is your Enneagram? I am a two with a three wing. I'm a three with a wing two. So. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's confusing to people um, because they see me as a three all the time, but the two is what drives me. Mm -hmm. And so, and sometimes I feel a little bit conflicted about that, but once I got that and you know, that, that two is the one that wants to help and, you know, make sure people are successful and get them, you know, a spotlight. And Mm -hmm. I have a intuition and I can think ahead and anticipate people's needs as like that really drives me. But the three is about the accomplishment and um, success and Mm -hmm. moving forward and those um, sometimes can be a conflict. So, you know, it's like really sitting down and thinking about that. And it is not, um, I think people and a lot of people that I mentor that are younger in college, they want the picture painted that's going to hang on the wall. And it's like, you're Mm going to have four lines. Yeah. Like you only need the first line, Mm -hmm. you know, and if it's your work in retail, but you think you might want to own your business, you know, uh, where would you, you know, think, I remember there's a, um, friends of mine who the daughter wanted to be in fashion and she wanted to own her own boutique and they made her work in a boutique for a lot of years. And if she did that and kind of worked her way up, they would invest in the business and help her start her own boutique. Mm -hmm. Well, she learned across the way that she doesn't like the business side. She likes the fashion side. Mm -hmm. And so then she explored um, being a stylist, you know, helping people style. She's an influencer now, which is interesting, which that wasn't even a thing back. Right. It's a different job option and opportunity there. But I, I'm doing something I didn't even know it existed. And I, that's, I think the message to the younger generations and probably even people might, there's so many things out there that you don't even know exist. Yeah. So you have to just be willing to network, explore, ask questions. Yeah, I think to going back to people my age just being scared to start 
it is a lot of times just asking and kind of saying out loud what it is that you want or even an idea of what you want, because it can seem so silly to actually say, well, I want to be an influencer. Okay. It seems silly to say it out loud, but if that's something you actually want, then if you say it out loud enough times, someone's going to be able to help you, whether it's creating content or knowing the brands to talk to or how to post or all of these different things, someone's going to be a resource to you. And I was so scared and super shy for a really long time to ever voice what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it was terrifying for me because I felt like, well, it seems silly. Even if my job was like, oh, I want to be a marketing director one day. I mean, that would seem still still super silly for me to say out loud. And I finally got to a point where I was like, well, if I kind of maybe just throw it out there, I wonder how it would be received. And I wonder how, you know, someone might perceive me then. And very quickly, I realized that the perspective I had of myself and what that looked like was totally different than what anybody else thought about me or thought about the goal. And everybody that I would start to verbalize this to would immediately have my back and immediately be a cheerleader for me and an advocate for me and say, okay, well, have you thought about this or have you tried this? And sometimes it's, those are challenging conversations too, because it's a lot of learning, but until you actually say, well, this is what it's going to be. And I would say too, stick with it for a second, because sometimes it's easy to say, this is what I want to do. And then even a month later, you're like, okay, no, I don't want to do it. Well, If it's a passion project, sure, like maybe the passion kind of dies and you realize this isn't for me. But if it's something that's a career oriented, you've really thought about it, you really want to do it, then stick with it for a little bit longer than the first couple hurdles, because the first ones are going to be the toughest. And then at some point you build your momentum and you're good. Yeah, I when I coach executives, um, I talk about integrity and people will say, oh, I have integrity. And I'm like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're late. Yeah. If you say something and don't do what you say, like I am talking to the nth degree of integrity. And what you just said was, you know, if you, I don't care where you're working. I don't care um, if you're a car hop at Sonic and high and you're in a high school person, if you're later in life, I don't care if you're at Home Depot, I don't care if you're CEO mm-hmm. of Google. Yeah. You know, like have integrity with what you do, mm-hmm. you know, get, even if it's something that's not fulfilling, um, you know, you're getting paid and they are leaning on you for an expertise. You can leave, but you know, you can go do something else, but perform with integrity mm-hmm. and do it the best you can because you, it's like you're building a muscle. And it's like working out, you're building a muscle. So whatever muscle you're building, which is I'm going to do half the work, I'm going to apply myself halfway, or, you know, I'm just going to, you know, check it in that, that muscle will stay with you for a long time. Yeah. And it's really hard to get people because especially, you know, high level executives, they, they're, you know, there's politics, there's, um, well, you know, I'm gonna get the paid the same, whether I'm really, you know pushing to do what we really need to do or not. It's not worth a fight. I'm just going to sit back and get paid. Okay. Well then you've changed what muscle you're, mm-hmm. you're really trying to flex and, 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 and it does something to your internal psyche for sure. So it's like, you need to always operate at a high level. And then, you know, if you know that you're struggling to stay connected, it's time to go. Yeah. yeah. It's like the people that say, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, at some point, your natural reaction is going to be, I can't. And it's interesting, too, because I was just listening to a sermon about this kind of same thing of the way that your brain will create these mind ruts, basically. And it's like a rut on the side of the road. The more cars that drive with their tires through this rut, the deeper and deeper and deeper it's going to get and the harder it is to fill it. 
But the moment that you kind of shift your mindset and say, okay, well, I'm not going with that same, I can't rut anymore. I'm actually going to start telling myself that I can. Well, then slowly you're starting to put a little bit of dirt back in the hole to where you can even that out. And your direct response isn't going to be, I can't, it might be, I can. And at some point you'll, you'll heal that same, you know, psychological, I can't with an, I can. Yeah. And it's important. We, we did that interview and, and I love the, um, uh, she had that background in NLP and I love mm-hmm. how words matter, what you say to yourself, but what you say. So, you know, if you're stuck, if you can't do what you love, if, you know, well, you know, I have kids at home, I can't really go do what I want to do. Well, you're putting, you're going to attract, you're going to attract what you put out there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the words are really important. Um, I do think you have to spend some time to figure out what motivates you, what makes you tick. Um, I do think we have self-limiting beliefs um, that keep us from really going after um, that passion, you know, the things mm-hmm. that we're passionate about. Uh, it took me, you know, I probably redefined myself three times in my career. Um, just, and just, and I think it it kind of happened um, it evolved, I guess, is what happened. It evolved. And mm-hmm. then I'll never forget the day because I went out on my own. I was doing marketing and PR contract work and, you know, worked at a, a couple of companies. And when I went out on my own in the beginning, I would look at my checkbook and they'd be like, do you do X? And I'd be like, I do. <laughs> I do that. I do. I can do that. That one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would do it. Um, and then there came a time and then I would struggle and you know, have to really work hard because I really didn't have that expertise or I didn't like it. And um, I worked on a clinical trial project, which um, was like death to me. But <laughs> after that, I decided that I was going to stay true to what is my lane. And then what I was going to do is be that partner and and be able to tell them like, I'm not the best person for that, but let me find somebody for right. you. And what happened was, you know, I'd go through these cycles of um, I'd get a bunch of clients and then I'd work, but I wasn't marketing because I was working on the clients and then it would be a desert. So mm-hmm. in the beginning of my business, it was really hard. It was very up and down and cash flow strapped and stressful. So then when I finally um, stayed in my lane and turned down projects and would say, you know what, that is just not something I do. And I would connect them. It was so interesting because people would be like, oh, well, we want you. We want to work with you. Yeah. Would you then manage, project manage mm-hmm. that? Would you coach our person? Would you come in and do some training with our, they started wanting me to help them and kept me in my lane. And I remember thinking, is that really all it took? Because it took me about three years <laughs> to <laughs> figure that out. Crack the code. Yeah. And so you got to stay true to to who, what your lane is. But it's a respect thing. It's a lot more respectable to have somebody that says, actually, I'm not going to be the best for this, but I want the best for you. And it's almost a selfless way of leadership to be yeah. able to say, I, I can't do this the best. And yeah. then you find somebody for him. And it's a lot easier to say, well, I want you because it's that integrity piece. Of, yeah, it is. I know you're it going is. to do the job and you're going to do it well. And if you can't, then you're going to find somebody who can, and you're not going to put, pick some random person. Yeah. You're yeah. going to be serious and intentional about it. Yeah. Cause if I would have said, well, I really need the money, so I'll do it like that. Right. How the hell that yeah. for a uh-huh. marketing pitch? Good you luck. Might, yeah. You could borrow that. For, I, I will. For branding I'm going to use to. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our latest. But, but I think if we really looked at, at the things that we said about mm-hmm. ourselves 
um, about our situations, you know, we would, we would really look that there's another tool that I love that I think connects to this and it's fact and story. And I use it a lot in coaching. So there's always the facts and then there's the story mm -hmm. we have about it. And I have a, a great example was a lady I was coaching. She was in her sixties. Um, she worked for Boeing and she was, had created, and back when I started, you didn't really do a lot of leadership training. That wasn't a thing. You know, it just kind of started kind of bubbling up. They didn't have organizational development programs. She had started all of these um, mentoring programs and um, development programs of executives. And she'd written the curriculum and she was training on it. She wanted to write a book. And her language around it was, well, you know, nobody wants to hear what I want to say. And I would just put in the story column everything I was hearing. And then I would ask her, you know, like, what, well, what have you created? And she would give me the facts. You know, well, I created this program. I created this program. We've had thousand people go through it. This is an international program. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I, I speak at these conferences, whatever it is. Right. Which was facts. Yeah. Um, and then I, I would show her, I'm like, these are the facts. Mm -hmm. These are the facts, but you are making a decision of writing a book off a story. And when we really uncovered it, it went back to, there was a high school English teacher that told her she couldn't write. Wow. And she's 60 and never written a book. That's crazy. I know. And it was, she was confident behind a company, mm -hmm. but when it was just her. And so, so that's a great tool of understanding what is truly a fact. Mm -hmm. And then what is a label or a story? Um, you know, a label could be, I'm stuck. Um, yeah. I just can't really, you know, uh, my, I'm not the best at this or yes, I won't be capable yes. of doing this. Or, I have to do this because, you know, I'm providing for my family, whatever, yeah. all that, that that's they expect this for me. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. easy to do that. Yeah. And you and I have talked about that just with my life, even personally of how to separate between the two. And that goes into professional and personal, because yeah, it's it just like what you said, this lady wasn't wanting to write a book. And that's kind of a part of her professional career of something that she was wanting to do and pursue and even a passion, but it went back to something that was so personal for yeah. her. And a lot of times I think it's easy to get that switched. And I, I, being young in my career, it's, I try and remind myself of that a lot because it's easy to say, well, maybe I'm not the best at this because I'm young, or maybe it's not, I, I'm not really as, as equipped as somebody else might be. But in reality, if I'm willing to seek out the counsel and I'm willing to ask for help, then there's nothing that's saying I can't be just as successful or just as capable as somebody else who's twice my age. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that's saying yeah. I can't. It's just a matter of being able to ask for the help and being willing to do it yeah. and say you can. Well, that that's it. You, you can take the opportunity, get counsel, mm -hmm. help. You can even ask people that are experts. Um, you, know, you can do a lot of things like that. It doesn't mean you have to wait till you're in the center of that big right you know, body of water to go oh yeah now I can do that mm -hmm. because when you get in the center of the uh, water what happens to you when you're kind of in the height of your career um you get imposter syndrome you know yeah. what got you what the skills that get you to that high level is not what keeps you there mm -hmm. so then you have to start working on um, leadership skills and understanding being aware and interpersonal and how do I lead and how do I motivate people and you know, here's my style. What's your style? And, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's not your day job. Yeah. You know, that's not, and that's not what got you emotional intelligence. And there's so many things that, that get there. So, so I guess, you know, um, really, you know, realigning or aligning mm -hmm. to, um, 
a, a purpose, which I think are like the tires on a bicycle. That's what you get traction and moves you forward. That's what's the desire you have. That's the vessel, right? Mm -hmm. The can, the cup, the wine glass. And no matter what you pour, it takes that shape. The passions, um, you know, I was passionate about a lot of different things before I had kids, you know, I played a lot of golf and, mm -hmm. um, I love sports. And when I had kids, I didn't play a lot of golf. Yeah. You know, I didn't go to a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. I went to my kids sports stuff, but, um, but then I was passionate about being involved in their development and what was going on in their school. And then that's gone. And mm -hmm. then I can go back to, you know, I remember when my youngest Kristen went to college and people go, what are you going to do? What do you enjoy? And I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, here's, here's what I was told to do, you mm -hmm. know, get a kid to school, you know, make yeah. sure that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're fed at night. Exactly. I go to their, you know, cheerleading, I go to soccer, I go to basketball, I go to football yeah. games. I do all this stuff. And, you know, and then I'm, you know, making sure that I'm part of, of her community of friends and involved. That's what I've been doing for 12 your years. Full like side, side gig right there. Yeah, side that, hustle, yeah, that was my part-time job. It did, yeah. not, it did not pay well, by the yeah, way. But, exactly. Um, and so then I went through this whole thing. Is I have no idea what I want to do. So mm -hmm. I just went through, I refinished some furniture. I um, <laughs> thought I wanted to garden. I I mean, I went through all kinds yeah. of things. I thought I'm just going to try it. You know, I've, I've played pickleball. I've, um, you know, tried to um, dabble in different things, you know, in health and wellness, which I love. Um, so it's, it, it just does not have to be, you know, like, okay, I, I turned in my thesis and now it's, I'm ready to go. Right. It is all locked up tight yeah. and defined. When you think about it, I, I mean, I feel like for me, if I were to have to say, here's one piece of advice for everybody, it would be take a, a moment to actually look at your life and say, Am I just on this never ending hamster wheel where I'm doing the same thing every day? I wake up, I go to work, I do this, I do that. I check off the boxes, I go to bed, I wake up and I do it again. And then maybe my weekends look a little different, but okay, how fun is that? And then actually take a moment to say, do I have an area of purpose in my life? And if you don't have something that you're actually just passionate about, even outside of your job, and if your job is what you're passionate about, then go all yeah. in, be there. Score. But also, yeah, but also take a little bit of time to rest and recharge because it's easy to say, I just want to be full work mode all the time when you love it. That's yeah. great. But if you don't have that area of passion, then take a moment and start finding something because I feel like if you aren't truly, you don't have your heart on fire for something that you're doing, then every other area of your life is probably pretty stagnant and stale. And yeah. it just is. And life's too short, I think, to be able to say, yeah. I just am going to sit by and check the boxes every day. That sounds yeah. miserable to me. Yeah. I mean, that's like the last thing I want, especially starting a career. The biggest thing I was worried about was I don't want to go into a job and feel like I'm just having to check boxes every day. And for me, I'm passionate about marketing and creativity. And so my job's awesome because I get to feel like I'm doing something different and I'm kind of checking fun boxes throughout the day, but not the mundane boxes. And then yeah. I have other passions outside of it that keep me going and keep me excited for work every day. Yeah. It's like my grounding that's, place, which is awesome. Yeah, I think there's a whole, there's another... You know, you have, you have circles of friends and connections. And, you know, I think when I was really trying to figure out the passion side, when I became an empty nester and because what I didn't want to do is work more, which mm -hmm. is what you say. I didn't want to just work more. Cause I, cause I, I'm great at that. I just work more. And so I started doing things like, um, making lists of restaurants I hadn't gone to 
where, you know, that are closed within an hour or two that I haven't visited. Yeah. Um, you know, what would be, fun? what's an area of the city I really haven't spent a lot of time in and I'd go do, I'd go hang out at those places, you know, that would be kind of my fun. And then when you kind of run through that, um, you know, like, okay, well, I was going to listen to live music. Well, then it was like, okay, I don't really like that scene. I love the live music. Yeah. I don't like that scene. And um, so then it was like, okay, what can I do? You know, I, I would ride my bike. I would, um, you know, I would do different things just to see if that's something that would stick. You know, if you like it, yeah. it's if, if you are making time and in, in doing it, and this is going to sound really weird, mm -hmm. but like, I <laughs> great. Can't wait. I, I know, you know, on this, the edge but, of my seat, <laughs> but I love to organize like I've seen it. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it may be it's OCD. I don't know, but I like, it gives me like the sense of satisfaction. And if, uh, I just love that I would do that at all hours. Like that's fun to me. Yeah. You know, and I, I have a whole routine in my life of you know, how I do that right before I decorate for Christmas. And then I take everything down and then I literally clean out every drawer, closet, nook. And people are like, that sounds miserable. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my God, it's my favorite time of year. Yeah. And, you know, I get to get very to similar to your organizing. I like rollerblading, which okay. <laughs> it's super similar to organizing. It is, it's very, we have to yeah. be organized to get all your right. equipment. Well, I do car. have to full on gear up yeah. because I'm too much of just, yeah, I yeah. fall everywhere. It's awful. Yeah, but But if you found yourself it's, I guess like an exercise, they tell you to find something that you enjoy. So, you know, if you're doing Orange Theory and you're like going, oh my God, mm -hmm. I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And forcing yourself, it's probably not the right exercise yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. If you then find yoga or walking with a friend, like I always try to find the and space. Yep. So I try to find, um, you know, if I'm trying to exercise, what I would do is say, um, okay, who of my friends or neighbors can I get to walk with me? or go to yoga because then I'm killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Right. And so that that's the and space. So you could do that. Um, you know, my husband and I can do a lot of things. Um, we just started riding bikes again, you know, so yeah, I call fun. him my bike boy. There you um, go. He got my bike all ready to go. My bike boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get that stuff ready to go. I don't know how to do that, but, and then we just started riding on a trail. We used to ride a lot and, um, and so like, that's kind of fun, you mm -hmm. know, and I would do that without like going, Oh God, I got to go ride a bike. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you have to find golf is that way. You know, I like to golf. Um, those are things that I'm completely fine mm -hmm. going to do. And those change over time. So, um, and you know, I, I have side hustles. I have things I love to do too. Um, and I loved when you said, um, that, you know, you, everybody should have a side hustle. Yeah. Everybody I agree. Should. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree, and I loved it too because once again, whenever I started working here, it was encouraged for me to, you know, like. Yeah. And I remember I specifically talked to you about it and said, "I want to make sure this is okay. You don't think this is going to be, you know, any sort of too big of a time commitment on the outside." Obviously, I know my work hours, whatever. And you were like, "No, I think it's great because it's it's good for you to do this, and yeah. it's great to exercise your brain in different ways." And I think everything that we're saying it comes back to a general well being. And just yeah. overall wellness to be able to say, I mean, it, going back to the workout example, I went through a phase where it was like I was going to the gym every day and I would do cardio for 30 minutes to an hour and weightlifting for 30 minutes. And my body just started not to like it. I started to hate it. And the moment that I switched up my routine and I started walking with friends and doing yoga and just doing things that genuinely felt good for me, 
I was so much healthier. I felt like my physical fitness was so much better. And it was because I was overall happy to be doing what I was doing. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it's like when your heart and everything aligns. I mean, if we get like too woo woo, but everything, whenever you genuinely are happy, your life is going to be on a better course. And that's when you get realigned. Well, I know we're going to do another podcast just on um, kind of digital wellness Mm -hmm. and well-being. And, uh, you know, the thing I notice about both of us is, you know, we are, we are, we, you know, in a technology strategy firm and help companies use technology better. So we are on devices and in Zoom and uh, using it like right now we're in a podcast studio and, you know, like there's a lot of technology. We have to keep up on the trends and uh, kind of the services that we deliver. What's great about those side passions Mm -hmm. is, you know, I don't, mine is not connecting to a device or a thing. Either is yours, you right? Know, it's outdoors, it's things, and that's where that um, realignment to the fatigue you would have from engaging with computers or people on a screen mm-hmm. can reset you too. So I know I don't want to get into that because I know we're going to really talk about that, and um, we have a think tank that we do annually. Mm-hmm. That that is actually one of our think sprints, um, and it, it's a it's it's a huge issue. So I think you know having that great realignment where you really are going back to the foundation of what is your purpose? And again, it's a being. And then what are those passions that, you know, do you have those passions? Are you taking time for those passions? Um, and, you know, you know, I, w- I went through a season where, um, you know, I had health issues and and I, my passion had to be on getting myself healthy Mm -hmm. and just taking it in a positive light of, okay, this is good. This is a lifelong thing I need. And, um, I can focus on that. You know, I might not have a lot of energy or time to do, you know, like pickleball and all these things that I, that I wanted to go do, but I could engage with getting healthy and finding something that kind of lit me up around that. Um, that serves me then to be able to go do those things Mm -hmm. that I love. That's good. I know. Okay. But there's lots of tools. I mean, we talked about, um, you know, writing down those words that are meaningful to you and doing the purpose statement, a life on Mm -hmm. purpose is a life of X. And that's where you use those um, adjectives, you know, a balance uh, life on purpose is a balanced life of, you know, presence, engagement and adventure, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever that is. And then you would know, well, you know, is if me doing that, does get that get me present? Does that get me engaged? And is that adventure? Yeah. And if it doesn't fall into that, you can say no. So that, that was a tool. We talked about the uh, fact and story tool. Definitely. That's that's a really good tool to catch yourself on. And the vessel, you know, that Mm -hmm. once you define, um, you know, you're not in conflict with the things you're doing. It all goes into the same vessel. And if you're aligned with that purpose statement, you can put that on a mirror, you can recite it every day so that you know, and then it's like just, um, and I like your thing of just, you know, just get in motion. Just do yeah. one thing. Yeah. Take the first step. Yeah. Just yeah. do it. Just do it. See you know, what go happens. talk to somebody. Go talk to two people. Yeah. Um, get a job, whatever job you can get. If you don't even have a job, just go get a job you can get. Yeah. Um, then there are work. tons of jobs that you can get, you know? I mean, yes, exactly. it's like, I think a lot of times, you know, you think, oh, well, what if there's not something? There's always something. And so start somewhere and you might find, I love the managerial side of this, or I love just being able to greet people, you know? I mean, the yeah. random things and that will take off from there. Take yeah. the first step. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. 
All right. Awesome. I think that's it. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you know, when we're on our podcast, yes, we always ask people, who are your four? Mm-hmm. And it, it goes back to the people that you put around you determine your success. Mm-hmm. And we, we are blessed where we are because we work with phenomenal people um, that are really smart, doing really cool things. They want to bless the world. Um, you know, and we get to do a lot of innovative things. So, um, so let's just kind of go back and forth. I mean, yeah. I, I can talk about um, a couple of pivotal things just from my my world. Um, early on, um, when I kind of started doing executive advisory boards, which is a very big, I would do that for free. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's that's another thing. You know, what would you do for free? Um, there was a lady that I actually bought a franchise. Um, and the one of the founders, her name was Jelaine Borth, and she was my first person that was a role model mentor on this alignment we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, she brought in the things that she's very passionate about, um, who she is as a person, uh, into really developing executives and leaders and helping businesses. And so I love that, you know, she, she was a great mentor in that, you know, bringing those personal balance and all of that together for me. Um, and then, you know, I've had partners, um, Bonnie Hageman, you know, and I, uh, acquired a company out of San Diego executive development associates and built that consulting company still have that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the board. She's a CEO. Um, and you know, I've learned a lot from her. We are a lot alike, but, um, the thing I love about her is, you know, anytime we faced something that was really difficult, like the recession in 2008, um, you know, she's like, it's just flying a plane upside down and it. People do it all the time, you know, <laughs> or she would say, we just have to get up one more time. Then we're knocked down. And I'd go. be like, well, that is a really good You're point. Like, Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She, she just one of those people. So, and to this day, we, you know, we, we kind of are there for her, for each other and, and help each other through when, you know, cause, cause that's the other thing. You're never going to get to a place where you don't have those struggles. Right. So, so she's one, um, you know, being part of communities are important to me, like the women presidents organization or the women's executive board. Mm-hmm. I learn from the, the women that are in those groups. Um, so that has just been, um, incredible. Um, Scott, my husband, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I've just been blessed to have a partner that, um, you know, has allowed me and challenged me in a lot of ways to go after what I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, we, we both did different things in different companies and now they align and, so that's been kind of fun. Um, and yeah. then I think another thing I did was I went to, um, and this is kind of with the Executive Development Association or Associates. I went to, we had a technology spinoff that I ran and I went to a startup lab in um, Silicon Valley, you know, in my fifties Cool. with yeah. a lot of young people. And it was, and I, I never forget, it was the most challenging thing I've ever done. Cause I like trying to beat the consultant speak out of me mm-hmm. and, um, challenge, you know, you were challenged every single day, what mm-hmm. you were trying to do with challenge. Cause they're, cause you're trying to get funding and raise money. And, um, I just remember, um, thinking, you know, by God, I'm an old dog and I can learn a new trick, you know, I just, <laughs> and then you just kind of embrace it. And that was, um, that solidified to me that that continual learning is really important. So, um, you know, I met great people like the founder of LinkedIn spoke to us, the, founder of match. I mean, we had Mm -hmm. the most incredible people that would come and share their stories and the mistakes they made. And, um, and I just remember thinking, wow, they're taking time to Mm -hmm. come to speak to all of us that are just, you know, trying to, trying to start this thing. So, and you, 
I mean, yeah. I know you're at a young age in, in your career and everything, but you've done a lot. Like you, you are unique for, I think, where you are because of um, the Miss Oklahoma and mm-hmm. all that. You've had a lot of mentors. Yeah, a lot. That. Yeah, which is super cool. Yeah, that's what some of my biggest mentors kind of from that season of my life. Um, you start out just within the pageant world and you have a local director. And I was lucky that I had two local directors on my way to becoming Miss Oklahoma, Jerry and Judy Jackson and their brother sister duo, but they were great about just never allowing me to have the self-limiting beliefs. And it was almost like they wouldn't even give me the space to, they were like, no, Addie, you're going to do this and you can do this. And if I looked at Jerry in the face and said, no, I can't, he'd be like, okay, well, let's go ahead and do it then. And let's really see if you can't or you can. And if you can't do it, then great. You proved me, you proved me wrong, but I think you can. So let's see who's right. And he would almost just encourage me, but challenge me. And I'm so competitive that it was a perfect environment for me. Um, and they both were just so great about pouring into me and deeply loving who I was and only letting me explore to find out who I was supposed to be. Um, another person through that season of my life was Teresa Klein. That was just very, very, um, such a spiritual leader for me. She was a prayer warrior for me. She really just taught me the meaning of being grounded in what you do and being rooted in the fact that your purpose is not something that you're just aimlessly trying to find, but it's something that you are called for and something that you truly live your life for. And you don't have to find your purpose immediately, but just know that you're on a path to purpose. And that's Mm -hmm. the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is if you can stay on that path to purpose, then you will always be content and you'll always be satisfied and you won't be striving or seeking in a way that's unhealthy. Um, and then someone else, which we can go back to your husband, Scott, he has been so great for me, which in this new season of life, um, he started to mentor me and it's been incredible just to be able to sit down and have conversations with him. And it was funny at first when I asked him to mentor me, I, we, I asked him for a meeting and we sat down and I said, I'm, I would like for you to mentor me if you wouldn't mind. And if you would be willing to, and I said, because as much as I love sitting and having conversations with you, I said, I really don't enjoy sitting and having conversations with you. It makes me extremely nervous. And I said, you make me nervous because you always will challenge me and you always push me. And as great as it is, it's intimidating for me. And I said, and you're a very intimidating figure. And I don't like that. I feel that way. So I would like to be able to be challenged by you and allow that and welcome it. And I remember he kind of smiled about it because it was like me admitting I really don't even want to be in this meeting with you right now, but if we could do that, that would be great. And now we've started to meet um, bi-weekly and it's great just to have the life conversation, but then also the career development conversations. And a lot of times we will get just caught on one topic and we will end up talking for an hour and a half and the time just goes by so fast, but it's great to just have that wisdom from him and have the counsel from him. Um, lastly, someone in my life that's still is kind of a mix between the pageant world and now present day life is Alex Epler, who she has been such a great role model. She's a few years older than me and she was Miss Oklahoma in 2014, but she is a mom to two. She's a wife. She is um, a PA. She's uh, in cardiology world. However you say that, I don't really know, but I know she does it and she's great at it. I do marketing. I don't know. Um, But she is just so great because she shows that you can have a, a life with balance and you can have a life to be able to be a mom and to be someone that is active in their in their children's lives and in their spouse's life and still have purpose and dedication for yourself so it's really cool to be surrounded by so many people that genuinely seek out the best for themselves while being able to give back to others in the process and that's really cool to have the balance between both of those well I think you probably uh, framed why it's important to put the right people around you because 
it pushes you to a higher level. Yeah. It challenges you. It keeps you accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, it may, they call you out on your stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and you start to crave it almost yeah, at, at yeah, some point, yeah, you know, your mind yeah. kind of ch- changes where you start to say, I want people like that around yeah. me. Well, when I coach people around imposter syndrome, I always say it's like the wizard behind the curtain in mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz. You think it's this big power and they can do everything, but when the curtain comes down, you're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're normal. I, I, you're normal. Yeah. I can do that for myself. And I think that's why, you know, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have the right people around you, start seeking that out. Yeah. You know, even if it's podcast or books, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a living person. Um, you, you know, if you have those people that are are living, that's great. Get into a community. Um, get into, you know, it could be at your church, it could be at your work, it could be, uh, there's tons of commu- online communities, mm-hmm. but, you know, I really just want to encourage people um, because the people that we interview on this podcast, when we ask them that, they're like, oh, well, okay, wait, there's so many people, where do I mm-hmm. go? And, you know, and then it's like, they're trying to come up with the right answer and they're like, wait a minute, you know, and most of them will list somebody that was really hard on them. Yeah. A challenge. Those are the people that make mm-hmm. you grow. And so that's why it's important to know kind of who's your for and yeah. um, get the right people around yeah. you. And and that's why I think as parents, you tell your kids, you know, who, who you hang around will determine what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. It's just as important. So yeah. all right, the well, people of character. Fun. So fun. It's oh, been great. I know. We'll so, have to do it again soon. I know. And so <laughs> we're going to just encourage you if you're listening, if there's other topics you would like, um, to hear about, we do go out and try to find experts and people in that. I do think we're yes. going to do the Enneagram. I think we that, have to, that, that would, would be, be awesome. great. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be great. Um, but well, g- g- give us your, um, you know, your feedback and go on and where all can they leave their, um, their yeah, little... you can connect with us on social. So leader spotlight is where we are on Instagram and that is the best place to connect. And then you can also email me directly at Addison at FPOV.com. Um, and then also you can go to Annette's website, AnnetteKlazowski.com, and she has so many great resources there. Mm-hmm. And FPOV.com. Absolutely. We have a ton of great resources Leadership on there. resources. Podcast. Other blogs. podcasts. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Definitely check it out. All right. It's great. Great. We're out. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> frick, 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 fresh. <laughs> I don't know. The Leader Spotlight podcast and blog is dedicated to continual learning and thought partnerships that help us all grow as leaders. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, email addison at fpov.com, or you can also visit our blog, medium.com slash leader spotlight for more great content.